You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keene-Jones. Our show is edited and produced by Brother Chris. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Four Nerd Show, the voice of the urban geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Master Splinter Cell, <laughs> Trinidad Bane. Keep that same energy on when you see me, Arsenio Holodeck. <laughs> Meet in the house. <laughs> you wasn't sure you wanted to say it. Yeah, I, I had a few, you know, I was choosing right there, but I'm just, you know, leave it at Meat Mill House, one of my favorites. All right. And as always, I'm joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Flex, Luthor, Chance, the Parappa, T'Challa, Bread, Father Stretch, my bands, Baptist Ameriba, Skip, Say Less, Jay, Prince of All Saiyans, and Sean Jean-Luc Picard. I think that was a lot more than five, but, you know, we'll, we'll allow it. Hey, you know? <laughs> I ain't counting. I just go. I see. I see. And like we said before, welcome back to another episode of the For All Nerds show. As always, thank you to all our new and old listeners, all our subscribers on those various platforms like iTunes, uh, I don't know, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. I like, I like, you know what this reminds me of? You know the meme that keeps resurging now about the cat, about the, about the, uh, the, the white housewife. And then the cat. Cats peeling at each yeah, other. Because it's iTunes. She's like, it's iTunes. Yeah. And here comes Ben. It's iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. <laughs> iTunes. Um, yeah, all those various platforms. Especially shout out to everybody who is watching us on Twitch. You know, thank you to everybody out there subscribing, following on thank Twitch. Thank you. I know we got to give you more content over there. I know. It's just, I, I was I be, I was playing Zelda on there. You were on there today or yesterday you were on. I was on there yesterday, but it was actually, I was getting some internet lagging problems, so I had to um. cut off. Yeah, it's, you know, props to people who are like full-time Twitch streamers because that shit is a lot of work keeping yo. Like, you got to have the ultimate internet because I've got the ethernet <laughs> going on. I've got the God signal, and it still be like— Well, then you don't have the God signal. Obviously you need, not. You need files. No. You have—see, you stuck in the city. Optimum. And you have that's what I'm saying. You're stuck yeah. in the in the borough, yep. and you got optimum. Yes. Optimum it's is not, not the God signal. It's not. They, it's not. Verizon came by the crib the other day. 
Do they offer files to you? Because they, they, they don't. They don't lay. They don't lay. Um, I almost said lay pipe. Sorry. They don't lay the wires <laughs> no more. <laughs> sorry, y'all. My mind is all fucked up today. Ain't it? Um, no, they don't lay. They don't lay down the the the, the fiber off the cables anymore. So. You better hope they already got it there. Was they trying to get I, you on? I don't on? know. I, they, they, they were trying to get us on, but, you know, I'm not the owner of the household uh, and et cetera. So I was like, beat it, punk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Scram! Goddamn. Like the Hovis witnesses ringing oh. my doorbell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. This. It's Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. I'm trying to watch cartoons. Apologies to the Jehovah's Witness that listen to this show. And apologies for, you know, if y'all ringing my doorbell. Apologize for that. No, I don't want a copy of the Watchtower. <laughs> well, we got off to a rough start. Um, you know, but, but no, but yes, as Bethany said, thank you for supporting us. Yes. Thank you for everything you guys are doing for us. Thank you for those who are on our Patreon helping us out because of you, even though he does not have the God signal yet, but it is because of you that he's able to stream in the first yes. freaking place. Um, and, and that really does matter. Um, just for the record, your donations, or I don't even know what call it donations, your, your patronage, patronage, that's yes. what it's called. Your patronage helps us do a lot of things. I, 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 I skim over this a lot, but I do want to make a point this week mm-hmm. how much it's helped. Because if you, like, if you guys, and you should have, if you're subscribed to our For All Nerds TV YouTube page, you would see all the incredible interviews. The fact that they're all in beautifully edited. We have beautiful graphics. We have incredible intros. You have the fact that we had a full team. We have camera people, several. I mean, we had the works and we I mean, we had you would have thought there was 50 of us, but what it was like 7. But the fact that we were able to have those people there, all people of color, is because you guys are our patrons. Mm-hmm. Like Point blank. Period. If that if that Patreon was not there, ninety percent of the content you saw would not be there. That interview with King Vader. If you didn't know, we had an interview with King Vader, or, or King Vader actually ran a brap sessions. The only reason why that was there was because of Patreon. That's how important your support is. Like literally, things can't move without that patronage. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Word up. I mean, pretty much like the fact that the show is still on the air right now. <laughs> that? Yeah, let's keep it 100% real is because of Patreon. Like, that Patreon and to all our supporters out there, if y'all weren't there, this show would not be on the air right like, real now. real talk. That's just real talk. Like, we would not be able to maintain no. without that help, you know, because yeah. this is... Not the cheapest operation, and y'all support has allowed us to keep it going and to improve it, to bring new things to us. Yeah. Like, to y'all, like we said, you know, I've been streaming video games, streaming DJing sessions. We're working on bringing the show to you live. We've done it a couple times, just working out a few little kinks yeah. in here so you can watch us on video and all that good stuff. All of that is due to your support, so thank you so much. But, all right, you know, we've talked enough about ourselves already. Let's get into some news of the week because, you know, you were talking about laying pipe earlier. And <laughs> speaking I really of, didn't mean that. Uh, speaking of laying pipe, uh, you'll see how I made this work in a second. Colin Farrell is being considered to play the role of the Penguin in, in The Batman. The new, uh, I think it's Matt Reeves is the, the director. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it's Robert Pattinson. Matt Reeves is the, the director. The vampire. Yeah, the Batman. You got to say the. All right, whatever, my Yeah, whatever. So, um, (laughs) yeah, but Colin Farrell is going to play the Penguin. You know, that's not as shocking as I thought it would Mm -hmm. be hearing this, only because I know Colin Farrell has the acting chops to make it happen. Yep. 
I though would okay so a couple weeks ago well well actually I don't want to I'll go into that story but but Ben I means laughing right now so I don't want to I don't want to say I'm just too thinking, much I know but, that Colin Farrell can eat his way okay. to put on some weight if okay. he needs to you know <laughs> what am I missing wait wait Chris is Chris the engineer is dying what am I missing well let's just well let's just say that I, you know Colin Farrell has had a lot of roles in his time yeah. as an actor yeah. and there's one that just stands out in my mind when he was um what uh, how, how do I put this bluntly uh, you know he had a sex tape leak wait what yes um well, where was I I don't know. This was like about six, seven years ago now, it feels like. Maybe a little more, you know. But, um, yeah, Colin Farrell is engaged on this tape. Um, let, Like I said, he's eating his way to fame. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he's dining at the Y. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> I see the other Ellison shows are rubbing off. Yes, and um, you know, I, 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 I like, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some other, you know, videos before my time. I can't fault Colin's, Colin's taste, you know. Oh, these, these, oh, well, not his taste. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're moving off that. We're moving off that. I know you even didn't even mean that, but you stepped right into it. <laughs> no, I mean it. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in hundred percent. You know. Props to you, brother. Like, oh God. You know, salutes. All right. This is an adult show. Yeah, you know, we're <laughs> all grown here, folks. We're all grown. Um, that said, on a more... Like I said, if he needs to put on some weight, you know, I, I, can, I can tell my man got an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> we were so immature. I said it was an adult, but not now. Nah, we're just immature. Uh, so, you know, in, in a different vein, yep. um, when I did, like I said, he... He being this role, I was like, okay, cool. He could probably mm-hmm. pull off. No worries. But my mind was already set on something else because like maybe two weeks back or so, uh, Lexi Alexander was mm-hmm. on Twitter and she tweeted us. She was like, hey guys, what do you think? And there was like a, a, a whole thread behind it. And I read it. Apparently someone broached to her the idea of having Penguin be played by the Octavia Spencer. Mm. And immediately my I, I, my head exploded because I was like, one, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And then like not only did they they broach that, but then they gave examples and stuff. And they said, well, think about like her character and Ma. Um, and then, you know, just just other cadences that that Octavia has. And I'm like, holy crap, she would be amazing. So that got me to thinking like, you know, w- are there other roles that we can just move away from the conventional? Obviously, we can. But what other things can we think about just really hitting the ball at the park with? Because that, I think, would just be instant amazing. Yeah, I, I think that's, like, exceptional. And that I, I would have never, ever, you know, put those two together. Never. Yeah, but that's such a perfect – and not just because, you know, like – Physically, as a black woman, I think she would just carry it. Like, I think she has the strength and the, like, Octavia can be scary as fuck when she wants to be. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, she, and then, you know, she put that black woman on it where it's like, like, the black woman is a crime boss. You know, that is like a problem. Like, like the best portrait, I mean, you could quote unquote crime, but really not really but but the only thing i've seen so far is is viola davis with her as amanda waller like that's mm-hmm. the closest i've seen to that level of getting close to or at least that one she she rides that line of villain slash yes. hero so 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, but see now because of that, like, look, like we're looking at a picture of her as Ma now. Yeah. Like, just give penguin. her the suit. Yeah, That's give her penguin. a suit. Yeah, penguin right there. That's yeah. penguin. So, you know, c- congrats, Colin. I guess. Yeah, I feel you. After that, now it's like, damn. And, and yeah. Especially after what you just said. <laughs> I mean, that, see, that's on me because I can never look at this man straight in the face again because I hear his voice from that tape and he's in his full Irish I, accent and no, it's so like I don't. <laughs> the things he says are so. <laughs> oh my God, it's comedy. It's so funny. <laughs> like I said, the man has exquisite taste. <laughs> I'm not mad at his selection. Um, but you know, one thing that enough people have not, I've seen him mentioned on Twitter, but not enough people are really mentioning this, and I just want to say it real quick. Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon. Which is fire! Because... That means Batgirl is black, black. as all hell. <laughs> Blacker than black, black. Black girl. Black bat girl. There we go. <laughs> Title of the show. Yeah, so um people are not giving that enough credit right now and I just want to say yes. Yeah. And thank you and deal with it anyone who's mad. You mad. Yeah, you mad. But uh, we're going to take a quick break right here. I'm getting a little hungry up in here. And oh, <laughs> we'll be right back with more for all nerds. I'm sorry, y'all. Hey guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor, and when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tips Podcast. And when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one third of the Friend Zone. And when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, aka Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com. And when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world, hip-hop culture i'm watching for all nerds hey this is logan browning and when i'm not trying to take over netflix i'm looking to for all nerds. yo what up this is yahya abdul mateen the second i play black manta in the aquaman movies and when i'm not getting around the city i'm chilling listening to for all nerds what's up y'all this is Ann steven harris Fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Holmes, don't forget Watson the Holmes, the award winner of Watson the Holmes, Glyph Award, I am nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Welcome back, fan fam. As you know, this is going to be an amazing episode because we always have incredible, amazing guests. 
And we have one today. We welcoming today Stephen Morfleet, who is born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, D Town. And three one three. It's so cold in the deep. Yeah, oh no, not that one. Please no. <laughs> That's my favorite. Um <laughs> uh, you are also a graduate of the Morehouse College, graduated with mm-hmm. a degree in mathematics. And mm-hmm. you actually uh, in January 2012, you made your way to Los Angeles where you decided to start your career in entertainment. You've appeared in Stop the Yard 2, Underground, Being Mary Jane, Chicago PD, and now everyone's favorite show, Watchmen. So everyone, please welcome Stephen Norfleet. Yay! Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, man. It's good to have you here on the spaceship. And uh, let's see, as we get started, let me just ask you, uh, what was your first introduction to the world of Watchmen? Like, were you a comic book fan before you landed the job? I was not a comic book fan. I I knew of Watchmen. My best friend, Dorian McGee, he is a comic book fan. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's sometimes just sharing stuff that he uh, loves. He may share it with me, but... I really got introduced when I watched the movie for the first time. Ooh, that's that's you not know, the best well, way. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it is not, you know, but at, at that time, you know, it was it was a new movie for me. It was an action movie. So I was like, oh, OK, I, I don't I didn't know the world of Watchmen mm-hmm. that much. And so but I, I was intrigued, intrigued into the movie. So I watched the movie and then come to today, I'm very familiar with everything now. Right. Mm. And you and you not only watch the movie, you watch like the extended, super long director's cut, right? Didn't you watch the really yes, long version? I, I did, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And I think it's something that has to do with school in a sense. I love to learn and I love to have like homework and things like that. So when I am on another project or on a project, I love to try to study as much as I can. So when I came across this almost four hour version i was like oh this is perfect i'm gonna sit down and watch this whole thing and 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 enjoy it so so that was once you got the role you took that that was once i got the role yes before the role i have just seen the movie okay but once i got the role that's when i started to dive in more so i can be prepare for what was coming on the project, be prepared for an interview for, with you guys, you know, just making sure I was dotting my eyes and crossing my T's. Right. So you did a little bit of background in, in learning more about the world of Watchmen. And then I know that you also referenced friends that had the background on the material. So, you know, you get there day one, get the script. What do you, what do you feel? What's the first thought that goes in your head? I remember reading the script and the first episode and, you know, I'm reading it, you know, at at this point, while reading the first episode, I still have only just seen the movie. So I'm reading it and, you know, so, you know, we're talking about the Tulsa race massacre and I'm like, okay, you know, it's it's some history. So I'm I'm a little confused because, from my knowledge of the world and the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure how this all ties in together, but you know, let's just keep reading. Right. And keep reading. And there's a scene where there are squids falling from the <laughs> sky. And I like, I was like, I think they sent me the wrong script. I don't, <laughs> this not making sense. And, you know, it's also really not making sense. Cause in the movie, this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, so I'm really like, I'm, I'm confused, but I'm like, let me just keep reading. And, you know, maybe this will kind of all play out, but then also being on a project of Damon's, you know, you, he kind of loves to leave you confused in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, there was a bit of confusion in more ways than one when <laughs> first getting the project. But, you know, that's the beauty of going back and, and, and learning and studying and researching so everything can make sense. Okay, so, like, you read the strip, squids are falling out of the sky. When did mm-hmm. someone tell you, yo, you need to go read the comic book? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it was a, um, someone told me. It was like, okay, this is not making sense. <laughs> so let me go a little further and figure out, you know, if there's more information out there for me to learn, maybe that additional information can start answering some questions for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, with with the the um, the help of my friend, he also helped me realize, okay, yes, you need to dive into the comic book world versus just staying on the movie world. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when you read the comic, how did it affect you? Because that's one of those ones that when you get to you know the, the squid moment, it's a big thing. It's one of the like top ten moments in comic book history, probably. Well, I think, uh, you know, it's funny how, you know, now I'm going into the comic book with the Mm -hmm. information from the movie. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so I think I think sometimes, you know, depending on how you enter into a journey, it can kind of change the way you may see something. So um, so I was just happy that it made sense. But, you know, I was also. I was a fan of how the movie decided to do things. And, you know, I'm also a fan of how the series is playing out. And so what I'm enjoying about all of the different worlds that it stems from the roots of this one tree, but it has so many different branches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's, uh, that's really the beauty about this world and being a part of this show, because now it's taking on something that's, kind of completely different from what you may have seen in the movie or you've read in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and obviously what you mentioned with the first episode, highlighting the Tulsa race massacre. And I, I know that in another interview, you mentioned that it, it concerns you that this episode, episode one was the first time where a wide range of people, um, black and otherwise, they just learned about that story and the fact that it's real and that the fact that it's part of American history, if you will. So, you know, when you had to, when they said, you know, you have to basically embody this character that's going through this situation. I mean, did that even come across your mind that, Hey, I'm probably going to be like teaching history to people who are watching, you know, it's, it's a TV show and there's a lot of stuff, other stuff dramatized in fiction, but this part is real. How did that affect yeah, it, you? It, it was a, it was, it was a gradual build of how emotional it got for me, you know, cause you know, like I've said before, you know, for me it was just, all right, I got a job on another project, you know, I'm happy about that. And then now reading the script and it's like, wait a minute, I need, even myself need to go back and see, wait, what is this? You know, I'm not right. too familiar with this. And so now doing my own homework, I'm seeing that, I didn't know this. And I'm sure a lot of people around me and not around me don't know this either. 
So it was, it was building to see the importance of it. And when it finally premiered and then knowing that was kind of the main thing that came from the first episode was that so many people didn't know this existed. Mm. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it becomes a bit frustrating because not only do we not know, you start to think about why we don't know, mm. like why, why did no one tell us this, you know, and, you know, growing up in, in schools or why is this not in our, in our school books? You know, why is it taking Damon Lindelof to get the world to realize this happened? Mm. You know, so, you know, so all of that, you know, it, it becomes a bit frustrating, but, you know, I try not to leave with frustration, try to find some sense of gratitude in everything that happens and being grateful for the fact that, no, it took till 2019 for the world to be aware of this, but I'm glad it's finally getting out there. Right. Mm. Has has this uh, participating in this particular story and bringing it to life, giving you maybe creative fire to perhaps bring about other stories that's happened in, in history to life? Well, it, it's really what I can say it has done for me is really pushed me even more to find out what else I don't know mm. about our history and to dive more into what's going on today and seeing what's happening today and how it just parallels with things that happened back then. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. I guess it's legit mind blowing. Like, you know, we're going through, you know, what's happening in Texas right now when we're trying to free Roger Reed for, for him being accused of something he didn't do, which goes right back to the, to the massacre of a black man being accused of something he didn't do. And it's, it's, it's mind blowing that these things parallel from something that's happening in night that happened in 1921 is still something that we're dealing with today. So it's just, you know, and there's so many other things that I probably have no idea about that I want to know about. So for sure, this has just pushed me to really try to get out there and learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Well, one book I would definitely recommend to you is I, I haven't even been able to finish it myself because it's so difficult getting through it is a people's history of the United States. It's mm. it'll mess you up, man. I can't even lie to you. It's just so it it, it just lays it all out. And it's so okay. rough. I'm writing that down right now. A people's history of the United States. Yeah. Ooh, it, it's, it. it's a tough one. But, um, okay. Like, we talked to Damon uh, Lindelof a few weeks ago, and I told him straight up the first time I watched the first episode, I didn't like it at all, man. I was not that I didn't love the craftsmanship and everything that went into it. I thought that was incredible from writing, directing, to acting, everybody. But I'm from Houston, and that whole, you know, when you see people dragged behind cars, that was too personal for me because I've, you know, in our lifetime, that has happened in Texas. There was a, a brother, James Bird, who was killed like that. And so mm-hmm. what, I want to ask, like, what was it like on set when you were shooting that scene, man? Like, how how was it getting through that? Like, Yeah, even working with Damon on that. Mm-hmm. What I appreciate, even before the first day of shooting, Damon Lindelof and our director, Nicole Cassell, they were so sensitive with everything. Mm. And that I appreciate, you know, and, and for me, it's, it, it meant a lot coming from two people who aren't black mm-hmm. to be so sensitive with this information. And on the day, the pr- production did such an amazing job with being very detailed on how everything looks and how everything is happening. 
and the stunt people and the extras just put their 100 effort into it all. And so there, there was no way to, to, to not feel it. Like you, you didn't even feel like you were shooting a TV show. Like in moments it felt like, wait, this is happening to me. And, you know, those are things that, you know, it can, it can, it can weigh on you. But, you know, as an actor, I'm very grateful for, because it just kind of helps me to stay, you know, stay in the mindset that I'm supposed to be in because everything around me is so real, mm-hmm. you know? So when we, when we were shooting it, it was, it was nonstop emotional in so many different ways. And, you know, it was hard, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful that, we're doing this. I'm grateful that I am cho- I am one of the chosen ones to be able to do this. And, you know, in a, in a, cause it was like over a year now that we shot that, not knowing a year later, I'm going to be able to help start so many conversations that people weren't having. So for me, it was, it was really paying attention to the benefit of Damon choosing to put this in a show and in a world that kind of have nothing to do with it. So for me, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm grateful for that. Damon chose to be so specific and so detailed with it all because yes, it's hard to watch, but it's our history. This is what happened. And, you know, it doesn't, I don't really think it does it justice if we choose to kind of hide some of it, let's throw it in your face so you can know, for black people who don't know, for white people who don't know, you know, this is, this is happening. This has happened. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. also, you mentioned being a chosen one in a way you're chosen, you're chosen one in different ways because I mean, you got to be in a, on a set in a, in a project with many, many luminaries of the black mm-hmm. culture. I mean, you have Regina King there, you have Louis Gossett yeah. Jr. there and I mean, technically, you're you're playing his dad, so I mean that that must feel. I, I mean, I don't want to. You tell me how that feels. Like that, were you scared, daunted? You know, were you just like excited? It, it's it's still unbelievable. You know, like um, it's like it, it's it's still to this day kind of makes no sense. You know, <laughs> even when it's when it's even said, like you know, when I get to talk about it, it's still like it's still not really come, you know, settling in that I am Lou Gossett Jr.'s father. Yeah. You know, like it's, 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 it's cool. It's just so cool how it all plays out, you know, but I am a believer in um, knowing that I am unique and we are all individually unique. And so just as well as Lou Gossett Jr. is an incredible and unique human being actor, I am as well as that. And so all of our parts play such a major uh, part in this project. And so it just, that alone kind of helps me to be grounded and being thankful and remembering, you know, I'm just as important in this project, just as well as Lou or Regina or anybody else. Absolutely. Did you, did you actually get a chance to work with him on set at all or even get to like, uh, you know, rap with him a little bit? No, not, not actually because, you know, you see that we, we play in different times. Yeah. So, you know, my time frame is different from his, but you know, for me, it was just kind of knowing that, okay, even though we're not together, we're together in a sense. Mm. 
definitely mm. definitely and the fact that he gets to i mean we've personally seen the first six episodes so we will we're only going to talk about what everyone else has seen but i mean just based on the the delivery and the the level of like detailed information that's being shared it's just like what goes on your head when people are watching you like deliver this character and deliver as you say you deliver history you know i'm again just being grateful because you know, like I said, originally this project was, you know, was just another opportunity for me as an actor. I'm thankful. I was seeing and it's so me uh. that, you know, well, our missions and our passions in life should be bigger than us. And, you know, I'm, I'm here on this earth to do my job, to serve the people that are coming after me. You know, in in more ways than one, as a, as the actors who are coming up, who are maybe looking at my journey and being inspired by, by my journey, as black men who are coming up and seeing that okay, Stephen did this, I can do it too. So, you know, it's it's for me, it's the owning the responsibility of making sure the people that are coming after us are having history that they can look up to having history they can be proud of. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's really helping the world realize we have jobs to do on this earth. You know, we have a job as we sit here and talk over Skype, we individually are creating people that aren't born yet, but will look back at us, will listen to us and realize, okay, this is something that I can do. You know, so it's it's just really knowing that we we have missions on this earth, and our missions is to make sure the people after us have a better today than than we have. Mm. Indeed. On that note, you were just talking about this, but like as an actor or any creative, sometimes we don't know where our next paycheck is coming from, or even when it's coming. And so, like, what keeps you going? in between roles when you're not on set doing it up, like when you're just in the trenches waiting for that next gig? Just trying to study my craft, you know, thankfully, you know, I've done work that it helps me be able to pay the bills as I <laughs> am waiting for the next gig. But I'm sure you're the next thing that's going to come, mm. you know? So like when, when Watchmen, you know, fell into my lap, well, not fail, you know, but you when it came for to it. me, uh, yeah, I worked, I, I worked, I definitely worked for that. But when it came to me, you know, all I had was the movie, you know, and so that was a learning lesson in itself. So whatever next project comes, you know, how to and watch so many, you know, watch television and watch movies because there's a plethora of it out now, and just want to be knowledgeable of the things. So when that next project comes. And maybe it is um, the continuation of something that has happened or based off some true events, knowledgeable coming into this job. I really, in the meantime of waiting for the next gig, I just try to learn as much as I can. I see. And, you know, while you're waiting and you're learning and you're building yourself up, um, you know, a lot of people they they look for areas of inspiration. What inspires you? What inspires you the most? History. I think history is is so cool. 
so enlightening, you know, and I could be honest, you know, growing up, you know, me and my friends back in Detroit, we, I think it was bittersweet because I think we were, we were really good at being present. Mm. You know, we were really good at not worrying about the past or the future. Like we were so present and just wanted to make sure we were having a good time and we were smiling. But I think the bitter side of that is we were kind of shut off to the world. And when I went to Morehouse, it opened my eyes in ways that I, I never thought of. It made me realize like, oh, there, there's a there's a lot in the world that I have no idea about. And so, it, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I've become more intrigued with history and just wanting to know, okay, why is this happening today? What has happened in the past that is now making this happen? Or when it comes to maybe future projects, you know, there are still stories of people that have paved the way for us that still have not been told. And so it's wanting to know okay, those stories, you know, and um, I also enjoy, you know, my friends who may not really be heavy or whatever, when it, but they want to know. Mm-hmm. So history for for me is something that really keeps me going. That's that's fire, and and so you have that inspiration, and and that keeps you gets you. I would imagine also empowers you. What what are, what are you scared of? What what gives you the most anxiety? Mm. Um, I mean, I can I can say it's the future mm. of not knowing what the future is going to be like, you know, I try to control it as much as I can, but being honest, you know, that, that definitely um, is something that can rattle the brain. You know, I, I've always believed that I'm going to get to a point where I want to be, how I see my, my, um, my end goal. I think my goals will be accomplished. I always believe that I will get from A to Z, but I don't know what B to Y will look like. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's knowing that I'm going to get to Z, which kind of brings me some sense of comfort, but it's not knowing what B to Y looks like that can bring me a bit of anxiety. When you start to get anxious and feel this anxiety, what is something that helps you overcome it? My friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, for sure, I can say, I think I've, I am blessed to have um, the friends and the family that surround me daily, talk to me daily. You know, they, it's, it's just a, it's a sense of peace. It's a sense of comfort and happiness that you couldn't pay for. So when I am, you know, in this world of entertainment and knowing so many things going to trying to make your dreams come true, you know, at the end of the day, I have my family and my friends just kind of to, to kind of woosah and Maybe, maybe complain to or, you know, let them know I didn't get this job or this audition today and be able to laugh about it, you know, and just keep pushing, you know, so my, my family and friends definitely keep me, keep me sane. That's awesome. Um, You know, I, first of all, congratulations, because I know you recently got married. Um, Yes, thank you. You got married to Anthony Hemingway and, and correct me wrong, but did you guys combine your last name? So are you like, officially the norways now or no, is that we, just a cute that, thing that was, that was just a, it was just a cute thing a okay. friend of ours um, one of my friends and one of his friends separately both was like the norways and we just kind of thought this would be a cool little 
hashtag as we go into the planning of the wedding. So we kind of just ran with it. Okay. Um, I thought it was fire our, if you did. But... <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be cool. But I, I can't imagine not being in Northfleet and he can't imagine not being in Hemingway. Right. So we just kind of kept it the way it is. We, we, uh, our dog name is Blue Norway, but that's, that's as far as that goes. What kind of dog is it? We have a French bulldog. He's in training Aww. school right now, you know, trying to trying to learn everything. But uh, he comes back at the end of this month. Oh wow! I mean, and you're mm-hmm. you know, being that even your husband, he's also in the entertainment industry. Like, do you guys ever? Is it for some people that could be again empowering because then the person really knows what you're going through, and sometimes it's just mm-hmm. like, can you just turn it off for a minute? Like, can we <laughs> can we just be you know Stephen and Anthony? Like how? Right. You know, is that I ever think, a thing? Um, it's it's absolutely on both ends. You know, I I think for us it works well that we are both in the entertainment industry because. We, we understand things that maybe your, for lack of better words, a regular nine to five person may not understand. Right. You know, like when he's gone for months or when I'm gone, we get that. Like we, we understood, we, we signed up for these jobs and we know what these jobs, you know, entail. You know, we, we get that. We may not be able to talk all day and night and I may not see you for a month or two, but I'm not one to try to stand in front of his dreams. And, you know, he's not one to do that for me. And so we Mm -hmm. constantly support each other and we make sure we do certain things just to remind us that, okay, yes, we have goals and dreams and jobs, but, you know, we have a responsibility in this relationship and to make sure we are doing both our jobs and our, our marriage. That's what's up. And that's so good that you mentioned that, that you don't want to stand in the way of each other's dreams. If anything, you want to uplift each other. Like that's incredibly important in relationships. Absolutely. Like I, you know, um, when I first met him and, you know, we just sit down and try to get to learn each other to see how passionate he is about what he believes he's called to do from God. There's no way I can stand in the way of what you are here to do mm-hmm. called from God. That's, that would be that would be so disrespectful on my part. And so, you know, I feel like the reason why we were brought together is because I'm supposed to help help him do what he is called to do. And, you know, and so many other things, but also realizing that, you know, there are people that are blessed to be on this earth to be able to help hundreds and thousands of people. But that's in itself also needs help too. You know, and, you know, and I'm here to help him as he helps others and vice versa. That's what's up. All right. Well, you have survived the interview segment of the For All Nerds show. But it's it thing. Is- <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I can't say nothing wrong. <laughs> but before you get out of here, it's time for the rap segment, our rapid fire questions. Okay. So, are you ready? No, but we're going for it anyway. Hey, we're going to work it out. We'll do it live. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's start it off. Uh, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Magneto or Professor X? Professor X. Why? 
he's more of the good guy than the bad guy. So because this is a very quick answer, that's who came first. <laughs> <laughs> if I ask why, you can t- you can tell you me. You can take some time. You can take some time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, that, that's it. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Um, Wakanda or Zamunda? Wakanda. Uh, you, you were kind of hesitant yeah. there. <laughs> I was a little bit uh, because I'm, I don't know why, but yeah, Wakanda. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, since both of them are heroes, let's see. Superman or Batman? Batman. Okay. All right. Fresh Prince or Martin? Fresh Prince. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Oh, you made Ben. I mean, very happy. You stay winning over there, brother. You stay winning. (laughs) (laughs) Stay gold, Steven. Stay gold. It's doing good. good. That would be fire. You know, I can definitely see him in Star Wars. Yes. That would be fire. You fit perfectly in there. Man, I can see it too. (laughs) (laughs) You fit perfectly in that world. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite superhero movie of all time? I think it would have to be The Dark Knight. Um, Good pick. That was oh my gosh! I just think something that really stands. I mean, there were there were many things in that movie that was great, but I think the lesson in when um, the Joker is giving Batman, do you want to save? Who do you want to save? You know, in that moment when I think it was like you have one boat of, of people who have been in jail, mm-hmm. and then you know, on the other boat you have these citizens, and it's just. You know, I, I it was I thought something was very deep about that. You mm-hmm. know, because it's like you shouldn't really be in a place to like you if you save someone, mm-hmm. which is good. Someone, another group of people are going to lose their lives, right? And you know, and it's hard as human beings because I really don't think we should have that choice to decide who should live and who should die, but when you're faced with this choice, you know, it's, I thought it just kind of was, was profound. So that was, and that was just one, that was just one of the things that stood out for me. Yeah. Definitely a great choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, favorite Wesley Snipes movie. Oh, ah, you know what? <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know my favorite, but I, I can't say, I just saw Dolomite. Uh-huh. Oh, and- okay. I, I just, I really enjoyed him. Yo, I he's really, so good in it. <laughs> he is really, pretty good. He, he, was, he was like, not the Wesley that you used no. to see. And I was, I was like, yo, somebody needs to give this man some sort of award. Yes. Because it, I, he was literally, he was my favorite in the movie. Because he legit, genuinely made me laugh. Yo, when he, he was hilarious. When he rolled out at the end of shooting, oh my God. <laughs> just like, like, you really just going to dip and then come back and just yeah. remind everybody there actually won't be a premiere. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> like, who, who are you like that? He was great. He was great. Oh, he's you amazing. Know, so he was good. Cool. Um, just just a couple more to go. Um, in any medium, like books, TV, film, what character's death hurt you the most? Hurt me. Maybe like in a, uh, like I don't like you or maybe like hurt in an emotional way. What do we think? Hurt you in an emotional way. Like, oh, damn, they didn't have to go out like that. Take me instead, Lord. Stuff like that. 
Uh, what's something that in in an emotional way? I don't know. I don't know any emotional way right now. Something that that comes Mufasa? to my mind. <laughs> Ricky. Oh man, Delka, those are good. But if we were if we were go the route of hurt me like I don't like you in a sense, okay. I was just having I was just having this conversation with my brother. And you know, there's certain movies that people play certain characters, and it's just like I can't see you outside of that character. Yes. It's. Wait, say that once more. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lo- the movie. Wait, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, you cut out a little bit. Sorry. Yes. Could you repeat that once more? Oh, sorry. Okay. So the movie Selena, where yes. Jennifer Lopez is starring. Yes. Oh, oh. The actress who played the woman. It's like. Oh I yeah. It's like we can't look past whatever you may do in the future. Mm-hmm. You killed Selena. <laughs> Exactly. And therefore, <laughs> oh, I know. We're hurt. Ex- we are hurt. Yes. I, I'm mad thinking about like, it right now. I'm hot right now. Oh my god! Like, you know, and you know, for me, you no, know, I can be honest. That was, you know, the movie was where I learned about Selena, mm. and you know, so I don't even know what the actual woman looks like that killed Selena. I just don't like <laughs> the woman who played her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her candor is I, I, incredible. I know it's I know it's kind of horrible, but it's, you know it's mine. It's truth. Anything for Salinas. <laughs> oh um, so I, I, it's real talk, though. It's yeah, real, real talk. Talks. Anything. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So this might be the same answer. Who is your first geek crush? Like who, like TV show, book, anything, you know, who are you crushing on first? Uh, I don't know. I don't crush. <laughs> Never as you a know, kid? Back in the day, you know, okay, you know, I, I used to crush on Kyla Pratt hard. Really? Kyla uh, from yeah, 101? I, from Penny yes, Proud? I, got me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Remember, okay. I think was it was it Black Space? Remember Black Space? I don't. Oh, it, Kyla. Oh, okay, we, I, our I, engineer I, just put up a picture, so now he sees. Yeah, it took me a second. To, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So my my, I think it was it was either my Black Space page or my, no Black Planet. Black, Black Planet. Planet. Yeah, I, I was like, who? Black, <laughs> Black Planet. Kyla used to be all over my Black Planet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I hope she hears this. Yeah. That's I hope she, I hope she if, if she if she listens, hi Kyla. I I, uh, I used to crush on you. That's <laughs> you Penny Proud. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um comic books or hip hop, one gotta go. The entirety of everything about it. Which one do you choose? Between comic books and hip hop? Yeah, mm-hmm. that should be easy. <laughs> For him. I mean I not not a diss towards comic book lovers, but I, I, I mean, I am more of a hip hop fan, so mm-hmm. definitely comic books gotta go. Okay, so that means your show doesn't exist. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> okay. Um, the- I, I don't know how many hip hop roles you've done yet, but you know. 
He said, let me think about this. Um, for my job, I'm going to have to get rid of hip hop. You put me on the spot. Well, wait a minute. I'm just saying. You I know. Pay the bills. <laughs> Choose wisely. That's all right. That's that, all right. That was good. That, that, that was a good point, guys. I, thank you. All right. all right. Well, now you know for the next time someone tries that on you. Yeah. So. Perfect. Easy answer. Yeah. yeah. All right. And finally, if you could have okay. any one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. You know, I used to, I ask myself this often and I still don't know which one. I think maybe read minds. Oh, um, read minds. So, okay. I, I think if I could read minds, I could be able to understand what to say or how to speak to people that I think need to change their minds. Right. So, uh, and that would be something I would love to do is change people's minds. Nice. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You definitely change a lot of minds now with, with Watchmen. So I'm really glad that you're, you're <laughs> yeah. part of this, uh, this project. Um, awesome. and then also just so you know, um, we're fellow HBCU grads. We both went to Howard H U. You know, yeah, awesome. awesome. So very proud that you are also an HBCU grad. Morehouse, what up? Um, before you go, can you please let the listeners know where they can find you and any upcoming projects that you want to mention? On you Online can find and all that. On, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, my hashtag is Stephen G. Norfleet. And as far as projects, just kind of tune in. There are some things kind of brewing, but uh, uh-huh. nothing I can say. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, he's be oh, okay. oh yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, I like that. All right. Nicely done. All right. We're gonna take a quick. Thank you for joining us. First of all, thank you so much for being yes. here on the spaceship tonight. So appreciative. And we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the show. What's up, y'all? And as always, thank you for joining us on this episode of For All Nerds. And big shout salutes and thank you to Stephen Norfleet for joining us. That was a fire-ass interview. If you haven't already, make sure you peep him on Watchmen right now. All up in episode one. It is, you know, I, if y'all haven't watched it already, I, I mean, I really don't know what's wrong with y'all right now. Like, nah, for real. show is fire. And y'all can say, oh, you gassing in the beginning when I said it was everyone's favorite show. Honestly, for everything I've been seeing, it's yeah. everyone's favorite show. A lot of people, I mean, people are really impressed. I, I, I can't lie. Like, y'all have heard, if y'all are listeners, you know, we talked to Damon Lindelof, and I told him straight. I didn't, you know, I wasn't blown away. Right. Uh, yeah, even shout outs to uh, Michael Green. I was talking to him today, and he's loving it. And I was like, y'all, I didn't like it at first. Yeah. But... Like I say, not technically and all that. It was just a little much for me. It was just personally much yeah. for you. But the fact that that everyone ha- is, is invested in mm-hmm. this project, I think that that's what holds the most water here. Yeah, and I keep telling y'all, episode five and six. <laughs> Woo, child. Five and six are a problem. Like, if y'all think this show is lit now, I can't lie, three is so lit. Three was so fire. Everything is fire. Yeah. It's just, it's just, and for me, it was really just six that is, that's going to Five and F six for up. me. But, and again, there's nine episodes, though. Yeah. So there's still lots to and go. We and it. we ain't seen it. And we ain't seen it. 
So, you know, we'll all be waiting, but thank you once again to Steven for being here on the spaceship. But now, it is time for one of my favorite segments of the show. The Guac is Extra. The Guac is Extra, the geekly asked questions where we answer any and all questions from our listeners. You can hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com or on the Twitters and the Instagrams mm-hmm. at For All Nerds. Gotta say it with an S on the end. Gotta say it, because we black. <laughs> <laughs> you going to Dreams this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, DC was, DC, I don't care what anybody says, DC is the king of putting an S on everything. DC, the pe- people this, from DC? This, oh. I, I don't know if it's the people, I don't know if it's the area, I don't know if it's area. locals, I don't know what it is, but... Yo, back when I was in D.C., yo, every club had an S on it. Clubs that had no S. The club is named Dream Nightclub, folks. Going to Dreams this weekend? Well, it doesn't know. even exist anymore, but... Uh, hurts, wind, breeze. Nah. Yeah. They fry me, young. Yeah. Um, all right, so... <laughs> you know that meme? The Arthur meme? Look that up, y'all, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. They fried me, young. Just look it up. <laughs> Y-U-N-G. Young. Um, yeah. Young. Yes. The first question comes from Wildlife and Bones, a.k.a. Over the Garden Wall. Excuse me. Oop. The first question comes from Wildlife and Bones, a.k.a. Mexicana Jones, a.k.a. Tomb Raider of the Lost Arkham, a.k.a. Dr. Afropunk. I like that one. Oh, okay. Ben Amin? Like, I'm waiting on Ben Amin's. I don't, I, I guess. Dr. Afropunk instead of Afropunk? Oh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Why not? I, listen, I don't know what y'all got to do to get Ben Amin on board with y'all AKAs. I I'm, like them. I'm still stuck on Mexicana Jones. That one is still like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't have any problems. I always wonder about Generally these, speaking, like, yeah. I, I like y'all AKAs. I, do I don't too. know why Ben Amin is just so. I just want y'all just... to, you know, I'll step it up. Okay. Bring the fire. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Bring the fire on the God signal on your on your uh, <laughs> streaming, okay? Um, wow. All right, so the question, they say, seeing as Halloween has passed recently, what are your Halloween movie slash shows you watch to get into this spooky mood? A new one for me is Over the Garden Wall. I don't care about spooky or horror like that, so I don't have any, you know, thing to get me in the mood. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. No, thank you. Um, I, Halloween's cool. But I'm good. What about you? Um, as everyone knows, I'm not the biggest horror fan, but on the low, like I do love my, you know, certain horror and certain horror. Yes, yeah, certain horror. Yes, I, I will. I will agree to that and, and follow up after. I definitely want to peep Midsummer because I haven't got to peep that yet, and everybody says it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to see um, the Lighthouse, which people are saying is crazy. That's Robert Patterson and William Defoe. It's this black and white joint. It's pretty much just oh, the two of them. I heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much just the two of them, and people are saying that is wild. I'm not sure if it counts as hard, but I also have got to see this movie Parasite, which people are just saying is stupid, incredible. But for me, like I went, I didn't even get a chance to. I really wanted to watch um, a Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors uh, before Halloween. Because that is a effing classic. To me, it is the best Nightmare on Elm Street ever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. We I was actually, I want to say we it came up with uh, Damon Lindelof. I want to say it came up on that episode. Oh, when he was asking Freddie, Jason, or um, Might have been. Mike Myers. And, and someone recently pretty much like showed how Nightmare on Elm Street is just like this other movie. Like, I want to say Inception or some other shit like that. 
You know, but it's it's people don't realize it because it's a nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. But Dream Warriors is one of the illest movies to me and does not get near enough credit for how dope it is. And also my all time favorite, which I read the script for uh, leading up to Halloween, The Lost Boys. Okay. Which is just the fucking best. Um, like you said, you said certain horror movies, like. I mean, and yes, like in hindsight, they're not scary or anything. But like, I, I at the time, I, I, you know, I still put these in a horror vein, and I thought that they were cool, not scary. That's the other reason why I don't care for horror movies because I don't find them scary. Um, but I liked stuff like um, Final Destination. I liked, you know, The Ring. I liked. I mean, if, you, if I have to pick spooky quote unquote movies, I'm gonna pick that. Did you see uh, It Follows? No. Oh God, I love it. That's an ill one. That is a great horror movie. That has nothing to do with like It the Clown, does it? No, It Follows is basically about this monster <laughs> that follows. It follows. Like and it always looks like well, not not really Chris, it's not like somebody you've seen. It it can it can look like anything really. But no matter what, it's always following you one at a time. And it's it's actually a metaphor for all uh, like an STD. Because it's transferred through sex. Oh! Like, at the beginning of the movie, this dude sleeps with this young woman and gives it to her. Oh, my God. And it will follow you till it kills you, and then it'll start going back. Like, if it kills her, it'll go back and get the dude from before. Fuck out of here, man. Yeah. No, it's a fucking great horror movie. Like, I've read the script, and I've seen it. It's one of my favorites. Like, It Follows is dope. I mean, the stuff I like that's spooky, that, that well, it's not, a, it's not a movie, but, like, American Horror Story Murder House, yeah. that's always fi- been fire. Um, the, the one with the, with the witches, that was always cool. Like, the old seasons, Yo, I Yo, that I, one I with the with. clown, I turned off as soon as my man started. <laughs> when the clown came in and juked them people in the first episode, right. I turned it off. I was like, all right, that's enough of that. Oh, American, American Horror Story Coven. That's enough Coven. of that. Um, and also... Even though I was, I, it scared me to death the first half, but then I was rolling is The Conjuring. That's also one of my favorites. Oh, really? Oh, my I've God. I've never seen The Conjuring. When this ghost starts pulling this little girl around by her hair. Why is that funny? Then I mean, could not <laughs> stop laughing, folks. Well, I guess, that's, I guess that's the same thing, like me, like, dying laughing. <laughs> Dying laughing in the new it where where Richie or the whatever the little boys name get pulled under the ground like when he got snatched I was oh when he got yoinked yeah I was dying <laughs> yeah, laughing yo the new it didn't scare me at all I can't it was lie. hilarious hilarious but like I said I I just find a lot of horror stuff just ridiculous and I also um, the ones that are like supposed to be more scary and gory and shit like that I, I don't like gore so no thank you no I, I hate torture porn horror movies like, those just, are the worst and not because for me. I think it's scary no because I no, think it's just gross unnecessary and pointless yeah I don't I, that's the thing like something like it follows it's not very gory at all. Really? No. You know? No. Because, like, by the time, when that thing catches you, it's a wrap. You know, there's no, like, <laughs> it's like, there's no, there's no, like, hope for you. So it's like, it's not very gory because it only catches a few people in the movie and it's a wrap when wow. it does. Like, like the IRS. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. Is that a that for you? Oh. oh. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Oof. Shout out to y'all. Um. <laughs> Let's see. We got a question right here from e- Eon One Eno. I th- I think I'm getting that p- on Twitter. I think that's right. I thought you was about to say Eon Flux. I was like, what? Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah, it's E O N One E N O. Okay. 
Jay Stock Campbell, he's a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, oh, yes, I know the name. Uh, yep. Among other comic book artists, have been criticized for drawing characters with unrealistic body proportions. That's why I heard the name, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely I, does. Look, should fans be judging their body standards against fantasy characters? Do artists have a responsibility to draw a variety of body types? You know, I. That's That's a little. Different. When I say different, I mean there's different ways you could think about this because if it's you're the artist, it's your work. You want to draw people chibi style, you know, giant head, little bodies, all that stuff. Fine. You want to draw overly sexualized people, I guess, have at it. I think what's more important is that you are able to smartly and 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 honestly interrogate your work and not get offended or defensive when people call you out for it. Like, mm. if you're going to be the artist that wants to, and, and you know, particularly in this one, if you want to draw women with these huge boobs, you know, no hips and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, if you want to do the things where, like, that's your style and you and every single thing you do is that, well, then get ready to to stand up for that and, and be about it because people are going to have a problem with it. And I like me, I... I probably wouldn't patronize their work. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't fucks with that like that. Um, do they have a responsibility to do something different? Not really. I mm-hmm. mean, as an artist, like if that's their drawing style, that's their drawing style. I, I I'm not gonna change that. Now that people will take this down a slippery slope and say, well, what if they draw really racist things? You know, do they have a responsibility then? I ain't for that. I don't condone that. I'm not with it. It's also we live in America and it's free speech and I don't give a shit what people do. I'd rather them draw the really racist thing so I know and then I can be like, go F yourself and put you in that box over there. Shout out to uh, Ethan Van Stiver, who's an artist who I used to support. I think he's a amazing artist, but he's a fucking scumbag as a person. So you'd rather that you know that. Oh, this that, is, and let I, me know. And I think I think in that context, mm-hmm. I'd rather they do do that so yeah. I know who not to fuck with. Yeah, so now I never buy his, say, and I think don't his, fuck with. I think yeah. his art is incredible. Like, it hurt me when mm-hmm. I found that out because I was like, damn, dude, all you had to do is shut your fucking mouth and I would have kept buying your books forever. But now you opened your mouth. I mean, well, now because he opened his mouth, he don't work for any of the majors anymore. So, you know, and he's off in his little box. Well, crying. F him. But yeah, pretty much. You, as far as, because I, I feel like what this question is also saying is, should people mind their business and let it go? Or leave? No, I think people should be as vocal as they need to be. If you see something that, that is a problem, like like that had always been, a, a, not every single example, but it's been a long-term problem within comics that mm-hmm. you have over-sexualized women, over-sexualized young girls particularly, uh, drawn in all these, all these ways. You see it in gaming. You, you've seen it in so many facets of entertainment where you look at RPGs, you got the male, he has full body gear, armor, the woman's wearing, you know, dental floss, and that's supposed to be, you know, plus 20 defense. Like, no. Like, it, it's ridiculous and, and, and absurd. And that is stuff like that where I still think it's important that people call it out and people are verbal about it and and it's because of that stuff and particularly because of social media where now you're seeing you've seen and are seeing the change you've seen that other artists who have different ways of viewing the world and different ways of drawing characters and you know also being more realistic it's helpful fantasy or not it's just like do you you as the and if you personally that's all you want to see cool just buy that type of book or buy that type of art that's you 
if if there's an if there's an implied idea that oh everyone should just mind the business, nah, I'm not with that. Mm-mm. No, I'm not with that at all. I'm always with people speaking their mind and letting people know how they feel. And like I'm a person who grew up reading comics. I've been reading them forever. And when I was growing up, it was like pretty much everyone. Well, not everyone, but the comics, especially the majors, Marvel and DC, which were the only two at the time, were like. They drew highly idealized versions of characters. There was no, you know, average-looking person like Cyclops, who was supposed to be Scott Slim Summers. His, his, <laughs> you his, mean Scott Simp? Yeah, Summers. yeah. But his, his, you know, his, uh, aka is Slim. Yeah, no. was always drawn super. Like Jim Lee drew him super Diesel. You know, he got the wings, <laughs> he got the ribs, he got the, you know, the six pack. Like it's like you're you're supposed to be Slim Summers, you know. But yeah. everyone was drawn like that. Nowadays, you know, like or someone who was real big in, in the 90s was Jim Lee. And Jim Lee, I think, walked that fine line. Like, J. Scott Campbell, to me, you know, goes way over the top. Jim Lee would draw, like, Psylocke, and she'd look really sexy. But it wasn't completely overdone. Mm. But nowadays, I prefer, you know, people like um, Jamie McKelvey of Wicked and Divine because he draws characters that look like human beings. And that's, and to be honest, it's, to me, anyway, it's more appealing yes. to see that. And also, I also think the standards obviously have changed. Mm-hmm. The the What people want to see, at least publicly, has changed. And it's because of people being able to speak out and actually get their voice heard. Yes. But like uh, we say, I always want people to express themselves how they express themselves. And then we determine with our dollar what we support. Thank you for the question. Yep. The next one comes from Kirk Kitty. They write, what's the best so bad it's good movie you've seen? Oh, wow. One of mine is the Rambo remake from 2008. I cannot believe they gave people money to make that movie. Yo, that shit's incredible. What is he talking about? Listen, I wasn't never they here. First of all, about... I found out two days ago there was a new Rambo movie. No, there was there was or, one recent, there was one this year. What, either one, yeah. whether we're talking about 2008, 2019, yeah. I don't even know either existed. And two, I'm not with it. So I don't I am again, this is out of my time. This is not my time. That's why I don't <laughs> That care. 2008 joint is one of the best action movies done. Like it is so ridiculously over the top. This man jumps into the back of a Jeep. You know them Jeeps that had a big machine gun on the back? Oh, like a Gatling gun on the yeah, back or something? and then turns it on some people. <laughs> it is like, I mean, it is gory beyond belief. My man uses claymores. Like on any, people. On, any way you can kill people in that movie, he's doing it. And I, I thought it was amazing. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Movies that are so bad as good. I, Dolomite. Not the new one. Not, not the, the... You not mean the original. The original Dolomite. exploitation. Yes. Um... I, like, again, like, I'm trying to think. I, I saw this question a little bit earlier. I'm trying to think, but I, but anything that's bad, I, I like, relegate to Belly. to the death of hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. That's a cult yes, classic. It is. It's a cult classic, <laughs> Look, sir. I can quote Belly from now, pretty what, much. What are we talking about? Wait, wait. When we're saying that, we're talking about from a technical uh, uh, you know, from a writing direction technically, perspective. Technically, Hype Williams is a great director, but he's also is he though? <laughs> see, see, hold up, hold up, see. Well, I mean, as, as, listen, I know Hype personally. I know Hype Williams primarily from his his um, music video, music video direction, yes. which is legendary. legendary, legendary, one of the greatest of all time. Belly's a giant music video to me. It, not so a good one. I, well, again, I don't. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Are you talking about in a sense of because you're in the See, industry? No, I, are you meaning no, that no? Sense, this is this or? is just me as like a fan. Like I can quote Belly pretty much beginning to end. I'm not lying. So, okay. Like, yeah, I know, yeah, you've said that before. I know most but you of think that it's a movie, bad movie by heart. Yes, 
but I think it's so bad that it's great. It's like, um, all right. See, this is something I've been like trying to figure out lately, and this goes right there. Power. The TV show. Well. It is I, I'm like addicted, dog. Sunday night when that shit hits the streaming services, you know, I, I don't I'll wait till no Sunday night. No, I mean sun, I mean I mean midnight. You know? When I come when I come home from the club Saturday night, dog, power is on. I'm you watch, lit. You watch I'm your hammered. Stories? I'm rolling up a fat one and I am sitting there and loving it. But at the same time, this week's episode was titled Nothing Can Stop Me. I'm all the way up. I wanted a supercut of how many times Ghost says it in this episode. Is it was it that? It's like ten. Wait, the first is time that he said it, literal where no, the, the first, title. They the say? first time he said it, I was like, okay, cool. There's the title of the episode, you know, because I'd already seen it on, you know, yeah. nothing. But then when when he says it like ten times, he tells everyone he meets in this episode, nothing can stop me. <laughs> I mean, everyone. He tells Tasha. He tells that random white boy drug dealer. He tells Tommy. He tells uh, Lorenz Tate. He tells um. I'm mad that I'm mad at he you. Tells Tariq. I'm mad that you said everyone else's character's name and then said Lorenz Tate. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman um Lorenz Tate. <laughs> Congressman Lorenz Tate. Like, there's no respect. No, it's, it's because he's Lorenz Tate. Like, you know, as great as no, he's fantastic in the role. But, but is it? Oh, I don't know. Queen's Child Project. I don't know. Bad. <laughs> But, like, that show, you know, that's what I mean. I hear you. I mean, but bad movies make me angry. And that's why I, what did I see that I couldn't stand? That movie we saw all together. And I'm like, this was so fucking stupid. And I was so pissed about it. And you told me to chill. What movie? Oh, my God. What movie? But I was like, this is terrible. I can't believe they did this. And I just kept screaming about it. But I couldn't stop talking about it. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll say it on the next episode. Councilman Rashad Tate. That, that's why I can't remember. Cause his last name is... Lorenz, like... Lorenz, his last name is still Tate. <laughs> you might as well This show is amazing, folks. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, power... Like, and I'm not joking when I say that. Like, I am addicted. Like, and I can't figure it out because it, I, I, I just... I do not feel like it is, like... You know, if I was to be like, yo, top 10 shows of all time, yeah. it's not making it. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time. You run it home 1201 It's hard to deny that it might make the top 20 somehow because it's fucking power. And it's a big rich. Yo, when they ended this episode with the slow, with the slow down version of it's a big rich town. They, uh, you, you ain't peeped this episode, or you know? I, I don't watch that. Okay, well, on you know, you know the theme song. Yeah, I know the theme song. At yeah. the end of this episode, it's a real sad moment because it's who shot ghosts and all this stuff, which were oh my god, which was hilarious in itself. But they, they ended put, it, play like the gospel slow down version of "It's a Big Rich Town." <laughs> I just come from. If you guys weren't sad before, part. it was like I was like, yo. It wasn't red wedding moment, but you know, it was. I, none of this is red wedding moment. But yet, it it, it, it required a slow down version. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Shouts to my man Eric Haywood over there, friend of the show. You know, executive producer. But did that. he? Have, but did he have his hands in this particular? Yes. Okay. Yes. He 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 was on Empire last season, and then he moved over to Power for this season. So right. he has been. Executive. So this is his doing. He's got a he's got a good hand in this, right? You know, and like I say, I, I think it's it's like a magic trick. That's what I mean, <laughs> because it's amazing that they can that this man can say nothing can stop me 10, 15 times in this episode. Sing the song slow version again. <laughs> it's a big rich town. 
do the sad. Gotta be sad. You, oh, yeah, you're yeah. not sad enough. I just came from the chorus <laughs> part. I can't even do it, yo. It was sad. Like the the version they play on that joint is some like wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, did we have any more guac questions? No, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> if you have any questions about geek and pop culture or questions in life in general, or if you want to hear Ben Ami sing the slow, sad version of Big Rich Town. <laughs> any song, hit me or up. Any song, the yeah, slow, sad version. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, hit us up, contact at 40nerds.com on the emails. If you want to give us, you want some privacy, you want to give us a longer question, you can also hit us up on the socials at 40nerds. Uh, we always, every week, we always do our guac post, and you can put it right up under there. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you're on a certain tier, you can get a guaranteed guac question no matter what. Word up. And if you are another enterprising type and you're on forallnerds.com, both in the footer and in the sidebar, we have a guac form that you can fill in. You're, so make sure you do that. And thank you, as always, to everybody who sends in their questions every week. And let's see, before we get out of here tonight. It's, oh, oh, wait. Go we got, ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We're going to keep it moving. But, yeah. yep, it is now time for my other favorite segment of the show, Comic Psychopt, which has actually been, you know, I can't lie. I have not been, you know, I've been slacking lately. You know, House of X, Powers of X. Of course, I was hyping the shit out of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we're on to Dawn of X. And oh, damn, I'm so behind. Yeah, you are. Because so far we've had Fuck. the debuts of the X-Men series, the Excalibur series. I really like the Excalibur joint, yo. If y'all, if y'all want something that has some magic and mutants in it, check that out. I really like that first issue. Um, and this week, I want to say is X-Force is dropping this week. I'm not sure. But they're basically dropping one new series every week right now from this Dawn of X. So that's quite lit. Um I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm just going to keep mentioning it. Immortal Hulk, y'all. If y'all are not reading this book, man, I just, I don't know how to keep hyping something that is just so goddamn good. Like, go buy the trades. Like, this book is insane. You're not going to be able to find the single issues. I warned you back then. It's The prices is outrageous yeah. these days. That's why I'm scared. I need to go hurry up and just get this the, shit Get the now. trades. Just buy the trades. Right at this point. Yeah, no, because you're not going to be able to. I, I can't afford those single issues anymore. I've got a couple of them, and they are shooting through the roof. But yeah, Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, it's just, it's a fucking incredible book. And, you know, since we're getting out of Halloween and all that, if you like the horror, go check it out. Also out this week is Die Number 9, and I'm behind as hell on that. I still have not read Die Number 8, so, you know. That's not as hell. That's just behind Yeah, just two bit. issues. I'm behind so. as hell. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only two issues. books back at this point. You know. And um, I think that's about it for Comments Like Cops. So, you know, actually, I need some new suggestions to be yeah. reading. Um, this is, a, I, I want to say this in the Comments Like Cops section. This yep. is not a comic book, per mm-hmm. se, but it is about superpower, per se. Yep. Um, I wanted to shout out Stephen M. McGill. Back in 2017, he released the book called Mr. Powers, and I was actually supported his Kickstarter for that. Um, it, it's basically about a single dad who's an entrepreneur. He's a role model. Um, he's a single father of two. But due to a freak accident, he acquired a special set of skills, and he uses these skills to take care of his kids, basically. Um, and it's a really cute, really, really um, kind of heartwarming journeys. It's, it's essentially it's a kid's book, but it's really good. Um, I wanted to mention him again because volume two called The Electrifying Adventures of Mr. Powers 
Volume 2, The Snack Attack, is now available. Nice. Um, you can get it on weareteampowers.com. Um, and you can get it for less than the retail price. Uh, so it's coming up soon. You can put your pre-orders in. Shout-outs to Stephen McGill. Nice. Very nice right there. But, yeah, like I was saying, I'm looking for some more suggestions right now for some new books to read. Because I just, I, I need something. Like, after Wicked and Divine ended, Paper Girls ended. I'm behind on Monstrous. I have the latest trade of that. Shout out to Marjorie Liu. That book is another one that, you know, it's just an amazing piece of work. But I'm like, other than that, I need like that new book that's really going to blow my mind. And I have not found that yet. And hopefully I do soon. You know what would, would kill? That will never happen. But the vision the vision resurging, like 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 to get that again. How I'm keen to get that. I know it'll never happen. Yeah, no, that's a that's a once in a lifetime thing. I know, but I. Oh, man. And Tom King is over there doing Batman. He's actually about to do a new series after he ends Batman. He's gonna do another twelve issue. Um, do you know what? But I say that might be your thing. Yeah, I want to say it's Adam Strange, who's a random ass character from DC. Adam Strange. Yeah. I want to say that's who it was. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if that's who it is or not. But I know it's one of those random-ass characters. I'm strange to the DC character. So yeah. Does, why does it, he look like Ant-Man? Well, he's got a red and white suit, yeah. Um, his, his story is way weird, though. But, um, yeah, I don't— He's an archaeologist that's suddenly transported from Peru, Earth, to the planet Ran. By a Zeta Bean. By a Zeta Bean. Yep. Uh, he's attacked, blah, 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 blah. Falls in love with a woman on there, becomes a superhero on the planet Ran. He uses math to, he uses math. Yeah, okay. math. But, <laughs> he uses math. But okay. because of the Zeta Beam thing, he has to go back to Earth. So it's kind of about their love, like their long distance relationship. Like he can't stay on either one for too long. Oh. So he goes in between Ran and Earth for a long time, and that was like the big thing of their story. So that was a, it was a really dope romance about him and his woman and how they have to, you know, manage this thing. Okay. okay. But yeah, and, and you know, if that is the book Tom's doing, he's great at that. His Mr. Miracle book was pretty good. Obviously, the Vision. Yeah. You know, everyone loves Miracle. I didn't. It didn't hit me like Vision did. Vision or Omega Man. Those. Omega Man. Yeah, vision. if you if you want if you want that vision feeling, you need to go read his Omega Man. Omega Man. Yeah, okay. Because it's twelve issues and that shit, it's up there with Vision. Those are my two favorite Tom King books: is Omega Man and Vision. Like, okay. yeah, you know, Omega Man is something serious. Nice. So well, there you go. I just recommended a bunch of books just like that, as always. Right. And also, <laughs> you guys have recommendations. Definitely post them. Use the hashtag Comics I Copped. If you pick up anything that Ben Amin recommends. Post it, mm-hmm. tag him, tag Foreign Nerds, and tag use, the comic shop that you get it from. Tag the comic shop, yo. That's so. Thank you for saying that, Benami. Yes. Tag the, especially if it's an independent comic shop. Tag them and tell them, you know, thank you, all that stuff. And still use the hashtag Comicsicop. That's how people are been finding amazing titles. That's how people can see and creators can see that you guys are supporting. We are supporting their work. Um, really important. Share mm-hmm. that. Share the pictures. We see everything. As you guys can see, we've been retweeting and posting stuff from everybody. So continue doing that. Yep. And shout outs to anyone comments in Brooklyn. I've been perusing them a lot lately. They've been holding me down with a nice box of stuff. And we're actually going to be doing something there very soon. So Nice. Get ready for that. Anything else before we get out of here tonight? I just start laughing because I think about Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> 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 